a quote, everyone, a couple days ago. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome to NetHouse. That's all I got for this one. Uh, this is a very special episode. My name is Sundro, but I'm not joined by Jen and Rob today. Instead, I am joined over the power of the internet by Reese Parton. Hello. And Adam J. Purcell from Staggering Stories. Happy New Year. We are here to do what we've been doing for, I think, five years now? Maybe six? We've been doing this for a it's while. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. How are things I like changed? the way we just get back into it, too. I notice it feels like we just continued the conversation from last year without really saying hello. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're here to do our our annual countdown of the top 15 movies of the year and a couple TV shows as well, uh, though that may be a separate episode. It's going to be fun. We're doing it a little bit differently this year, though. Usually we all go through our list one at a time. We're switching things up. Keep that conversation going. We're doing five at a time. So 15 to 11, 10 to 6, 5 to 1. Uh, we'll see how it goes and continue it if it works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should start off with... Uh, one of the more fun conversations that come out of this episode, and that is Dishonorable Mentions, Worst <sighs> Films of the Year. Uh, what have you two got? It's a tough one. There have been a few stinkers. Um, <laughs> Happy Time Murders, maybe? Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> it's The Muppets. A bit like Avenue Q, I think, which I've never seen, but it's The Muppets. Uh, a bit grittier, a bit uh, dirtier. Mm. Um, a bit funnier in theory, although not in practice. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, and they spend most of the time focusing on the one human character as well. Yeah, Mr. McCarthy's character. Yeah. Mm. Ah, well. I just love the use of the words dirtier and grittier, and then it's the studio that bought you. Manamana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the whole legal thing around it was more interesting than the actual film. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That was Venom wasn't very good. Oh, I I, um, I think I enjoyed Ooh. it while I was watching it, but uh, the thing is, <laughs> there is a yeah, there is an Australian film that came out a, a couple months before that I saw a couple months after I saw Venom, um, called Upgrade. It's like an Australian film. It was shot in Melbourne, mm. and it's the Ooh. exact same movie except it's rated slightly Ooh. higher, like Venom should have been. Yeah. And um, that made Venom not very good. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that one didn't get more interest. I haven't heard of that one. Ah. Uh, it had a pretty small release. There was Fantastic Beasts yeah. 2 as well. I don't know if you saw that. I thought that was pretty bad. Nope. Sorry, it, but it's not on my, my worst of the year, but it's certainly not anywhere near the top either. Yeah. It just it was more interesting in getting a few plot points out than actually doing anything particularly interesting, I feel. Mm. I'm one of those people who, given uh, recent revelations in Hollywood, I kind of give some films a miss about certain actors yeah. or directors. Yeah, that didn't help it at and, all. And, uh, yeah, the presence of a certain someone in that film put me off it. Yeah, mm. Niffler. That terrible Niffler. Yeah, <laughs> although he was not bad in the film. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your worst, Rhys? Have you seen anything bad? <laughs> I've been quite discerning about what films I go to see. <laughs> uh <laughs> So not really. I will mention my least favourite, but I quite enjoyed it. And this is actually just part of my list, so I'll probably just go over it again when I do my top, you know, the first five that I'm going to do. But it's Maze Runner. That counts as this year, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that was this year. <laughs> I completely yeah, forgot really about that. Really early this year. It, it, was, 
It was all right. I've never read the books. Um, I liked the cast from pretty much other things that they were in, but it, that's how I kind of discovered it, the cast of people that I really liked because, believe it or not, I really liked the TV version of Teen Wolf. And uh, oh, okay. the lead actor in this is really good in that. Um, mm. And then it's got Thomas Brody Sankster and all of those people that just kind of drew me in. And it finished off the story quite well. Um, but, yeah, yeah it, it's just not the best out of my list of films. Yeah, okay. Um, mm. I want to give a shout-out to the Netflix original animated film called Next Gen. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. It's awful. It's truly, truly <laughs> awful. Uh, the animation's bad. The voice acting is so painful. But the worst part about it is the lesson of this movie, and it was marketed oh, at very young kids, the lesson is when you get angry, wreck stuff. That's the lesson. <laughs> and it's just... It's just not very That's good. my secret. I'm always angry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good for the, the old consumer society, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, well. But what was the worst? What do you think was the worst, Adam? The worst? Yeah. Hmm. Tempting to say downsizing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because... It, it looked on paper uh, from the chain looked quite good, but it wasn't the film they yeah. gave you at all. No oh, uh, man, it started off quite interesting, and then it took a really weird turn. It got very messagey, but not, not a bad message even. But it's just so clumsily done, and what, what is this film meant to be? It's so schizophrenic. Ah, yeah, it's a real shame. It could have been a great film, but no, sadly not. <laughs> wasn't yeah. to be. It is one of those. Mine's actually quite similar. Mine is um, A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, I uh, did see that, yeah. Uh, the Disney adaptation of that <laughs> rather old book. I like the book, and this uh, this completely destroyed it. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. Everyone is bad in it. There's not a single good performance, which is kind of hard to say, considering the cast are pretty good, and it yeah. looks awful. Now, the worst is out of the way. What are some... Honourable mentions from your list, Adam. It probably have to be Ready Player One, oh. which I think is probably better for most people. Is for me because I I'd read the book, <laughs> and I think this is one of the films where you want to read the book after seeing the film. Because <laughs> if you've read the book first, then the film pales by comparison. But I think actually there's a good film in there if you don't already know the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and a lot of references is. One which is probably worth picking up on DVD or Blu-ray, just even freeze okay. frame it. Um, yeah, it's it was a good solid ad- adaptation, but it's not enough meat on the bones for somebody who knows the original. Mm. I think actually, it's probably a really good film, much better than I'm giving it credit for. So that's why it's an honourable mention for me. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any others? I got a, f- a few. Nothing comes to mind that's really worth mentioning. Which is out of my top 15, I don't think. I've got a couple. I've got Black Panther, which didn't make into my top 15, but it's very good, made all the money, and it should have. Uh, Sweet Country, yeah. a little Australian western, was really Ooh. fun. Love, Love, Simon was pretty good. The Clofitch Killer was one I really enjoyed. Um, is about um, a son who discovers that his dad may or may not be a serial killer, and it's just yeah. kind of wow. fun and interesting. It's got some good performances in there. Mandy was really good. Mm. Uh, Sicario 2 was really good. Incredibles 2, really good as well. Mm. Uh, the Netflix original Cam, highly recommended. Oh, right. Um, 
and the one coming in at number 16 is Three Billboards, uh, which just missed out, but is very, very, very good. So yeah, there's some honourable mentions there. All right, so that leaves us to the top 15. Um, my number 15 choice, then, is Deadpool 2. I think it's better than the first one. Yeah, I do too. Yep. I think it's better. I don't know. It's definitely got a more original story, because the first one was pretty much every origin film, but with jokes. The second one um, has a fun story, great performances in there, really great new characters like Domino and uh, mm. and Cable and Juggernaut. Uh, and, I love Domino. And all that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really, really fun. It's a little lower in my list because rewatching it, it I kind of felt like all of the jokes were, "Hey, it's me, this thing from pop culture." <laughs> Just right, like yeah. Yeah. It, it's like you look like this thing from pop culture. Were like most of the jokes, um, but mm. that's Deadpool, so I, I don't really yeah. mind. Yeah, it did the character justice. I'm a big fan of that character, and it's a very, very rewatchable film and ryan reynolds is just perfect he is yeah. he is isn't he what a man yeah. uh, i can't wait to see him as what pikachu man, as man. well oh, that's God, gonna be fun uh, <laughs> detective pikachu i think yeah oh wow okay i don't know if it looks wonderful or appalling <laughs> i think it could be both <laughs> number 14 is black klansman uh oh, yeah. spike jones yeah. movie adam driver's in it uh I see that it's really funny and also really not funny, which is exactly what you want from from a film like that, I think. Um, it didn't leave as big of an impact on me as I thought it would have. No, Which is me. why it's a little bit lower. I mm. think because of the comedy aspect of it, a lot of it was downplayed, but also not really. But yeah, uh, it's highly, highly recommended. The final two minutes I'm not a big fan of. I don't know why, but... I didn't love the final two minutes, but aside from that, I thought it was very, very good. Number 13 is First Reformed, uh, the Ethan Hawke film about mm. him. He is the main, I guess you call him father of a church somewhere, uh, and some guy comes to him and is like, climate change is real, and it's just him being like, oh, the church doesn't care about climate change, and then some crazy stuff happens in the final act. It's really Ooh, fun. I heard that. Amanda Siegfried's in it as well. Okay, over the eyes. Mmm, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think Ethan Hawke might finally get nominated for an Oscar off the back of this. Oh. Finally. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really, really enjoyable. I like how it's shot as well. It's shot in sort of like the old TV show format with the two black bars on the side. I love it when films do that. Oh, well, <laughs> weird. Okay. It's got some good messages. It's got mm. some really great, great conversations in there as well. I think it's a very, uh, very good film. Entirely passing by. Oh, good. Yeah, it sort of came out and no one really talked about it until December. Like, it just yeah. kind of came out mid-year and then everyone forgot about it. And then everyone was like, actually, this was a really good film. <laughs> it was one of those ones. Which is very similar to my number 12 pick, which is The Florida Project. Um, okay, I had heard of that. didn't see it. But yeah. I think it came out in the US at the end of last year. My list is entirely based off Australian uh, yeah. theatrical releases, which is why yeah. there's a couple in there, like three billboards. Um, yeah, it came out in uh, October last year, but it, for us, it came out in March. It's about a bunch of... Um, it, it sort of follows these kids who live in a motel. I think it's in LA. It's pretty close to Disney World. And it's just kind of like watching uh, what the parents go through and their struggles through the eyes of these younger kids. And the ending really got me. 
Uh, it's one of the only f- f- films that really affected me uh, in an emotional level this mm. year. Um, yeah. yeah, that one was really, really good. And then number 11 as well, The Shape of Water, uh, okay. which is just yeah. great. It's just a lot of fun. Didn't see it again, but yeah, famously good. I should have caught it. Yeah, yeah, really good. I don't know if it deserved the Best Film Award from the Oscars. I don't think it was that good. Mm. Um but it's definitely very, very good and should be watched if you enjoy weird fantasy stuff. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> Too much information? Okay. <laughs> um, oh, yes, and that particular aspect of it as well is going to get parodied forever, so <laughs> good work <laughs> to the team behind that. That leads me up to 10, so I'll throw it over to you, Adam. Okay. At uh, number 15 for me, anything in the top, 20 really is uh, at least a good film, if not a great film. And uh, 15 is widely regarded as a great film. Uh, Darkest Hour. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, the Churchill oh, yes. biopic, kind of. Yeah, Gary Oldman obviously won uh, an Oscar for that thing, didn't he? Mm. And several awards for his portrayal of uh, mm. Winston Churchill, uh, one time Prime Minister during World War II of the UK. Uh, yeah, really. It, it, it absolutely stands on his performance, which he carries the film, his wonderful performance. Um, Yes. As ever, yeah. back in the best days of Gary Oldman, you couldn't tell it was him a lot of the time. He was so oh, different yeah. between roles, and here again, he does that. More recently, it's he's become almost a parody of himself, but here he's back to form. <laughs> yeah, really good, and it, it's it's a political thing more than a fil- uh, a war film. It's all about trying to win over the uh, the MPs and the people at large. So yeah, we we can't negotiate with this this Hitler guy. Yeah, it's really well done. Uh, number fourteen then, uh, Unsane. Ah yes, uh, another good one. Yeah, Claire Foy. Is she mad? Isn't she mad? <laughs> is she? Is there a conspiracy against her? Steven Soderbergh uh, film shot entirely on iPhones. Yes, bizarrely. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I heard he'd done that. Uh, though you can't really tell, obviously. Cinematic cinematography of it isn't quite up there as you'd expect, but it fits the film mm. brilliantly. Uh, it's quite a disturbing piece. You are left there wondering, is she unhinged? Um, mm. It gets a bit brutal at the end, but I'm glad it does have a proper resolution. You're not often the case, you're left wondering, mm, okay. did that really happen? Didn't that happen? Here we have a, a proper definitive ending. Mm. So that is a, a quite a small, almost indie film, really, but uh, yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, another quite small film in some ways is uh, number, number 12, Hotel Artemis. It's uh, Jodie Foster oh, and Dave yes. Batista. They run a secret uh, hospital <laughs> for uh, criminals in the underworld in general. Mm. And uh, it's quite a simple premise in that there's some criminals who are trying to break in to get somebody who's in the hospital being uh, healed up. Uh, yeah. Very simple, but really well done. Mm. Uh, great performances. Uh, qu- quite a interesting dystopian world, which you get glimpses of outside. Uh, riots going on, what have you. Uh, yeah. It should have got a bit more love than it did, I think. Mm. I'll check that one out. Yeah. Uh, number 11. This is a, I didn't expect this to be on my top 15, but it's Teen Titans Go to the Movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Finally, this year, we've had a good DC film. I will say I haven't seen Aquaman yet. Uh, but, yeah, um, best DC film since Wonder Woman. Uh, 
It's a kids animated film. <laughs> I've not seen the original TV series at all, so I went in completely fresh. Obviously, I know the character somewhat, thanks to Justice League and what have you. Um, but yeah, it's a fun little thing. It's mainly aimed at kids, but there's plenty of jokes and references in there which only grown-ups will get, including mm. a, a little uh, cameo by somebody who shouldn't be in the DC film, but it's nice to see him there. Oh, that was yeah. <laughs> that was a good film. I liked how they um I liked how they couldn't call Deathstroke Deathstroke because it it was for kids, so they had to call him Slade the whole time. <laughs> I didn't even funny. notice that. Okay, yeah. Uh, huh. well, why would that be an issue? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe hmm. it was just a joke that they just ran with kids. Maybe death happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, surprisingly good film. I mean, like all the best family films if you like it works on multiple levels and uh, all the better for it alright we'll move on to Reese then uh, he's going to right. kick off with number 10 <laughs> don't know yes, what that voice I was I mentioned it earlier I'm going to kick off with number 10 back into sports with Reese. I have no um, but yes number 10 I mentioned earlier is Maze Runner it was Ooh. quite good I enjoyed it but I was never really invested in this franchise hugely but it was it was good um Never seen any of them. You haven't seen them? No, not at all. No, no. Oh. I was getting a bit it's... tired of the old YA stuff, so I didn't catch the first one, and then yeah, seemed like, it's... why should I bother a sequel? But, yeah. It does feel quite um, Hunger Games, to be honest. Yeah. That sort of filming style, yeah. that sort of action, <clears throat> that sort of predictable hanging off things, then being rescued. <laughs> then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But number nine is a film that I was quite surprised I liked so much, Blockers. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah, they would, uh, with the picture of the uh, cockerel mm. on the uh, posters on there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. Uh, that being said, I I saw it with my uh, cousin, and we've got a filthy sense of humour, so um, it basically just suited the mood of the day. Um, I really thought um, it showed me that John Cena can act; he could do comedy as well as some <laughs> other stuff. Um, I want to see Bumblebee because I know he's in that. And I know Michael Bay isn't involved, so it could be good. Um, <laughs> it's producer, I think, there. I quite enjoyed the uh, the level of humour, but I also enjoyed Ike Barinholtz's character's journey. I've forgotten all the characters' names, but mm. the father of the gay daughter. Yeah. I just thought his story of kind of like being... I've become so much more sensitive to stories of parenthood since becoming mm. a father sure. myself. Yeah. And even though my son's much too young to be worrying about that sort of thing it's i've just become much more aware of how the stresses of life yeah. are just amplified as well as it being such a sentimental and gushy time to become a parent and care for your own offspring there are certain things that you just are far more stressful and i kind of not necessarily related to that but i empathize with that and i thought it was a good performance and surprising in a film where they you know, walk around the house naked and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I quite enjoyed it. Mm, didn't catch it. Uh, number eight for me is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Yeah, oh. familiar territory now. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I enjoy this one. I think it's gotten quite a bit of flack from certain people. Mm. Hi, Sandra. Um, <laughs> no, I, I can't decide which of the two is better. I'm leaning towards the first one. Okay. Because... I feel like the second one, it's a lot of the 
practical stuff and the tricks with shrinking things and and then growing them again is basically the same trick over and over again. So they have to work pretty hard to make it more original and more engaging. But I did enjoy that we got the wasp as part of the plot a lot more. Yep. Um, Mm. I will admit this is one of these films that I've only seen once. I think the only one that I've only seen once. That's not because I didn't want to, but it just wasn't a huge priority to get out there and see it again. But I did enjoy it. I think that Paul Rudd is just excellent in anything he's in, and this is no exception. Um, And it was a nice um, palate cleanser from (laughs) Infinity Infinity War, which was just huge and monumental and had a lot of revelations etc this is just fun and then if you stayed past the credits we saw oh dear you know a certain <laughs> thing happened i don't know why i'm avoiding spoilers about yeah. you know two of the biggest movies in the world but yeah. anyway um yeah it was good yeah number seven for me is incredibles two yeah, yeah. Which Ooh, yeah. basically just felt like they cut Incredibles one in half, and this could have just been part of the same film. <laughs> yep, yep. It was a continuation where everything was reversed. <laughs> um, you know, we had um, Daddy staying home and being the father and all of that, which they captured brilliantly. At that age, you're that tired, mm. you don't shave. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I just I thought this was excellent. The music was wonderful. Mm. The Animation was great. I'm not usually one for animated stuff, but this and another movie that I'll be mentioning later, just this is how it should be done for me. Um, it's very good. And a film that you just reminded me about, Adam, is my six, number six, uh, Darkest Hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, isn't too much more I can add to it. Uh, Gary Oldman's performance was excellent, yeah. and I think you're right. It's back to good old Gary Oldman disappearing into his roles. Yeah. Like when you... You mentioned that you're you're surprised it's him. Sometimes I thought of the Fifth Element, yeah, because I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. it's him in that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, the direction yeah. was beautiful. I just loved certain scenes when they're underground. Like most of the screen is dark except for the room that they're in, mm. so it feels like yeah. you're basically in the ground too. Mm. Um, especially when he just received word of what was happening in Dunkirk, actually, mm. and he looked very alone and very lost and he was just sitting in that little room. The camera went further and further out, more and more darkness closing in around him. Very claustrophobic, very wonderfully and artistically done. Mm. And um, as someone who's recently been discovering photography and conversely um, cinematography, I really appreciated that sort of thing in how to tell a story. So wonderfully done. And that's, uh, Mm. that was my sixth one. So I think we move on to someone else now with their, Number f- I just read here, uh, just looked up Gary Oldman, and the first thing that popped up was that he is actually going to be playing Churchill again on stage, in a stage play. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Which is, that sounds amazing. It won't make it to Australia, but that might, sounds great. <laughs> might get simulcast there. I don't know if you have that. That's true. We, we get that a lot usually. Yeah. We get that a lot for concerts and stuff. Like, okay. Oh, it's... Guns and Roses, go yeah. see him in the cinema. I'm like, no. <laughs> we got that with uh, Monty Python's last. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I saw that at the cinema, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, number 10, mm. following on from my number 11, which was a weird sci-fi, number 10 is Annihilation, uh, the Natalie Portman sci-fi about oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's about stuff. 
um things <laughs> i don't really want to say anything because i think it's really good just to go into this blind it's a little low on my list uh a little bit lower than it is on other people's lists because the visual effects didn't quite do it for me particularly one scene um with a, a particular creature that just felt very fake it didn't it didn't feel real but there are others oh like that one that um that one that tries to mimic the person in their last couple of seconds of life that was that was awful <laughs> uh it's just, it's a pretty uh it's a pretty full on film with an ending that uh kind of blew me away it was just kind of came, came out of nowhere and it was um it was really cool i mm. uh i hope they do more cuz i know that it's a trilogy of books so they might adapt the others but considering it didn't get a very good run in the cinemas and then was pretty much moved to netflix for all other countries yeah i don't know if we will get one straight to netflix in the uk i think yeah Mm, yeah um but that director is fantastic he did ex machina as well which i'm a big fan of number nine is christopher robin (laughs) okay yeah uh, the Winnie the Pooh sort of, um, I guess you'd call it a sequel to the books slash TV show. <laughs> it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ewan McGregor is Christopher Robin, mm. except he's 40 and sad. And uh, he finds Winnie the Pooh <laughs> and goes, I'm happy again. Uh, that's not the film. But that's a good way to sort of... Uh, we actually reviewed it on an episode of No Doubt, so you can check out more about our thoughts on that. So moving on. Mm. Number eight, another weird sci-fi this one with a much lower budget is a film called The Endless. Okay. I don't know if you would have heard of it. No. Uh, it's a, it's uh, these two guys. Uh, they've made a film before called Resolution, which was this tiny, tiny like horror film, which then at the end kind of turns into a sci-fi. This <laughs> film is not a, a sequel, but it more of a spiritual successor. Like you can watch them completely separate, um, and it's. It's great. It's really funny. It's really weird. Uh, the characters are fantastic. Great performances. The visual effects for a film that only cost, I want to say, like, 200000 really? I think. Yeah. It's a very small budget. Yeah. And the visual effects are fantastic for what it is. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I can't recommend that enough. And that's probably my sci-fi pick of the year. Ooh. has to be The Endless. It's fantastic. Yeah. Number seven uh, goes to A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Um, it was number two, uh, but then I rewatched it. Okay, it's not a great film to rewatch, and for oh, number yeah. one and number two and number three, I do want a movie that you can just kind of chuck on and have fun with. You can't really do that with a Quiet Place because the story is so simple. I mean, it has to be. There's only five yep. minutes of talking, so the story has to be really? pretty simple. Much? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's great. Everyone's great in it. The story's yeah. great. Characters make some dumb decisions every now and then but of course they do it's a mainstream horror um <laughs> find a mainstream horror in which characters aren't dumb yeah. and uh and why yeah. I don't watch horror. <laughs> uh it's not an indie horror at all like a film that will come up in my list shortly um but yeah quiet place is great mm. just watch it yeah. um i would say it's a film maybe not to watch in the cinema Okay. I don't know I did, but, yeah. how you saw it. Yeah, I um, I didn't, and I didn't love the experience because it could just be where I live, but people were very annoying. <laughs> uh, um, a lot about yeah. Sunbury. <laughs> yeah, oh, so bad. But I would say 
get the Blu-ray, try and watch it with headphones if you haven't seen it yet, because that way um, I think the audio works really, really well, because the sound design's fantastic. And then number six goes to Lady Bird, uh, coming-of-age film. I want to see that. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's great. It's really good. I don't really know what to describe the plot. It's a coming-of-age movie, and it's um, one of the best ones. And Mm. Mm. I think that would probably be my pick of the year for the Oscars because uh, um, I'm pretty sure it was nominated for Best Film, it, but didn't take it. It was, yeah. It should have. I think that. <laughs> I think yeah. it should have. And uh, Greta Gerwig was nominated for Best Director, I think. I th- I'm pretty... I think everyone was nominated in that. I know that um, the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress got yes. a nomination as well, which is well-deserved. Saoirse Ronan, who I rather love. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll pass it on to Adam then for your 10 to 6. Number 10 then. I didn't imagine I'd ever say it's a top 10 for a, a Transformers live action movie, but Bumblebee. Huh? Okay, Michael Bay is not particularly involved. He's listed as a producer. I'm not sure <laughs> if that he actually really did anything, but you know. And he wanted to make more money from royalties. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably. Although, to be honest, if he produces every single Transformers film that has nothing to do with them creatively yet still makes money he never has to make a movie again so. that's good exactly. yeah that's what I was it. thinking yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it's E.T. Uh, with yeah. giant robots uh, but uh, yeah it, I actually could recognise the Transformers these are the, the generation one look <laughs> that I grew up with back in the 80s uh, I was amazed Back in the the first Michael Bay film, I went to watch it and I couldn't tell them apart, let alone tell mm. them what oh. they were meant to be. Maybe it's better after multiple viewings, probably, but they didn't bear any resemblance to what I expected, and that was a disappointment. Um, but here, they're definitely going back to the original looks of them, and I appreciate that. Uh, a lot of humour is aimed at a younger audience, really, than the the Bay films. This is more family rather than teenage audience. Yeah. But it's funny, it's got a lot of heart to it, and I really enjoyed it. I was super shocked. I nearly didn't bother <laughs> to see it, because I, I haven't watched the last couple of Transformers films. Uh, but I thought, oh, good. Yeah, they look good from the trailer, but, you know, trailers often lie. But actually, I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's my, my number 10. Wow. That's great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, number nine, uh, another one, lot of CGI, although even more. It's uh, <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's entirely CGI. <laughs> I was going to say. No wonder there's a bit more. <laughs> a tad more. Although probably not that much more. Uh, I, I love the way it jabs fun at internet culture. Although uh, obviously avoiding some of the more toxic elements. It makes some reference to it. But this past year in particular has been very toxic, toxic in the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird that they actually make a pop-up ad uh, peddler sympathetic <laughs> what wow yeah, which is weird but okay I'm not sure I try to teach kids there but nonetheless I, I I thought it was a great fun little romp through so many in jokes I, I loved the way mm. they poked fun Disney poked fun themselves with their Dis, their princess culture they've, they've sort of created in many ways it was a very worthy way to take the franchise so obviously you need to move beyond just the whole idea of being stuck in a computer game. Uh, number eight then, perhaps a bit low down for some, maybe not, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. For me, I think I do slightly prefer it over the first one, which it pains me a bit. 
course, the Edgar, Edgar Wright didn't have anything to do with this one particularly. Uh, mm. But I think the villain in the first one was kind of weak. Here is much more interesting. You have different groups almost competing. Mm. Uh, I like that aspect of it. And, yeah, they did a lot of gags which are just making these bigger or smaller. I thought they were really creative with it. I, I loved the whole sequence with him uh, shrunk down running around to school like he was a kid. <laughs> yes. That was good. That's, yeah, yeah. some really great comedy to be mined on a simple premise of just getting bigger or smaller. And uh, it doesn't, you know, Ant-Man as a concept doesn't bear any scrutiny at all. How, how does he breathe when he's uh, microscopic and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> But also, why are there sounds in Star Wars? Because mm. it's cool. Yeah, get over absolutely. It. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to, dis- you know, you've got to put that disbelief to one side, really. And yeah, it, you know, it's good fun. I like. I try to think. Has there been a an out and out comedy Marvel film such as this, which has not hit the mark for me? I don't think there has really. The Marvel comedy generally works really well. Mm. Here, mm. actually, yeah, that's a point. This was marketed as a uh, romantic comedy. <laughs> it was, wasn't was it? it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it personally didn't feel that way, but it was certainly funny. Yeah, but... yeah. I'm not sure yeah. romantic, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to them doing another one. Assuming the characters aren't all dead, of mm. course. <laughs> Number seven, then Deadpool two. I think it's a similar hey, ranking. Nice. Um, this is the original theatrical cut. I didn't get around to watching the 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 PG edit or whatever it was that meant to come out recently. Actually, this film is much more sanitised compared to the first. When you think about it, oh, God, much yeah. less sex and uh, the violence is a bit more comedic. That's true, but there is the um, there is the leg cross moment. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my favourite jokes was changed in the release on DVD, which was oh. the fight in Hong Kong, wherever he was, and he's fighting all those people. Yeah. In the mm. bathroom, and he takes off the uh, the pit of cloth. And the line in the cinema was Scoutmaster Kevin when he's just looking <laughs> yeah. at his. Oh, yes. That was changed on the DVD. That was just one of my favorite jokes for some reason. Mm. And I was so disappointed yeah. it changed. Uh, number six, then uh, A Quiet Place, as we've heard of mm, before. Quiet, yeah, very similar. Mm. Very close. It feels to me like it could almost be a Stephen Moffat story. <laughs> it's all that psychological <laughs> horror. <laughs> Uh, you've got to be absolutely quiet. So and, yeah. Don't speak, don't blink, don't... don't... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. And and don't look. Oh, wait, no, that's another thing. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to ever film. bother with that one, given just how much people it's are going on about fine. it. <laughs> Bird Box is fine. <laughs> not caught it yet. I've only seen it once, I think. I've only seen it in cinema. Uh, might have yeah. caught it twice. I think only once. So. Uh, so, yeah, I couldn't speak to how it holds up to multiple viewings probably not mm. great it is all about that tension you don't quite know what's going to happen mm. and yeah there are some questionable moments there is that character who a bit of self-sacrifice there which doesn't seem necessary but yeah that's true but nonetheless as you say wonderful performances to be able to carry a film with just mostly looks and actions and the the music and cinematography it just yeah Wonderful, wonderful stuff. It, sort of thing you can't easily do again. It's, it's a one-off film. Yeah, well, well, they are talking about doing a sequel. I think if they do one, it'll sort of be in the style of maybe something like Aliens, where yeah. it's just like an out-and-out 
action. I don't know how they could do it again. Yeah, it'd have to be something like that, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. But certainly the first one, we're worth at least a watch. I don't know about uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm not one for horror, but if it's more of the psychological kind, then I, I go for it. It is. Um, yeah. What do yeah. you two feel about people wanting John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to be Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic? Yes. I'd like it. Yes. Just do it. It'd yeah. be great. Yeah. No, it'd be great. It'd be really good. Um, I don't know. Would it destroy their careers? He would. <laughs> he would have to lose the beard, though, probably. And he looks great but, with a beard, like Chris Evans I know. does. Who's lost Unless the beard? Unless we could have stretchy beard, we could have stretchy <laughs> beard. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I think that would be awesome. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, well, that was my number six anyway. So back to race then. Number five. Yeah. Yeah, back to me. Okay. Yeah. I have Deadpool 2. Okay. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think I did enjoy it a bit more than the first. I Yeah, me too. I don't know why. Mm. I mean, I guess there's a fair bit more plot to this one which is makes it more enjoyable and easier to rewatch. But I yeah. do love that the humor is in both of them is just so very Deadpool the character. It's just so applicable. Mm. I love how much they break the fourth wall. Um I love the uh two different performances we got from uh, Josh Brolin in Marvel movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, very different, don't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's just excellent. And Cable's contrast to uh, Deadpool is wonderful. I just love how stern and serious he is. And then Deadpool's just the wisecracking so-and-so that he is. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, Shades of Grey in all the, the characters too. Yeah. The villains, yeah, yeah. unnecessary out-and-out villains. and Yeah. Even the good guy, Deadpool, is... You know, bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> In the best way possible. Yeah. Um, I love Dynamo. I love Dynamo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great concept. Yes. Um, and it's not very cinematic. I beg to differ. <laughs> it's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Especially how they presented that in the trailer too, just as the cars flying over her and things like mm. that. I thought that was very enjoyable. Um, yeah. Great film. Uh, not too much more to say about it. I think you could just quote jokes is what I'd like to do now, but yeah. we'll be here all night. So I'll move on yep. to number four. <laughs> a film that I think, and the people at Disney actually agree, should have been released mm. last month, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Whoa, uh, that's high. It is. I really enjoyed it. Um, it came out too close to The Last Jedi, yep. and mm. I felt like they were needlessly trying to cover their behinds. I know there was a lot of criticism of it and trying to avoid yeah. politics. It was actually Russian-driven. Um, <laughs> really? Okay. What, Why, what, was, it? was it? It was. There were studies done by people with access to certain servers which found that a lot of hate came from other ones that were pushing election results, but I won't... <laughs> okay. Uh, That's yeah, I won't interesting. go too far run. into that. Yeah. I will be honest, The Last Jedi was quite divisive. I liked it, but it was quite divisive, and, and mm. I could see why they kind of wanted to put something out there that could be received slightly better, but it also did, given the film's troubled history with however many directors yeah. it had, showed that they weren't Three. too confident in it, but mm. I think they should have been. I thought it was great. Uh, mm. Very predictable. Yep, I knew Woody Harrison would betray oh, him God, yeah. straight away. In fact, yeah. when, I like watching trailers, but there are times... Your words come to mind, Adam, where you just don't watch it because as soon as he said, everyone you meet will betray you, I thought, oh, you're saying that as you yeah. betray him, aren't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I thought the adventure 
feeling of it was fun. Mm. It feels like Star Wars meets Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. I, I yep. thought the performances were great, especially mm. Donald yeah. Glover. He was always going to be the best yep. for me. And oh, was yeah. Outstanding. Just yeah. his voice sometimes sounded like Billy D. Williams. It was just wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Amelia Clark, even though she still did play Amelia Clark. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just really like it. I love Star Wars. Yeah. I'm very biased towards it, but it's it's just a fun movie. And I said this, I can't remember if we were recording, but it was a nice, oh no, that was about Ant-Man and the Wasp, sorry. This is like Ant-Man and the Wasp, and that was a palate cleanser from the rather heavy, mm. rather over-discussed Last Jedi. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like this was just a breath of fresh air that you could just sit and enjoy, and I certainly yeah. have. Okay. Good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's not very high up in my list. It's in like the mid 30s, but. Um, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's. I, it is a lot of fun. I should rewatch it. I haven't rewatched it since, since it came out. So you it's have inspired worth. me to rewatch it. Oh, good. good. <laughs> um, number three is Black Panther. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot that could be said about this, and I feel like as a white man, I shouldn't say too much. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> no, I representation is very important and this film has it in bucket loads which is fantastic. But yeah. ignoring the fact that these actors are actors of color and they're representing certain tribes of African people and stuff like that, their performances are all fantastic as well. So I could look mm. at it from that point of view. The performances are great. The visuals are stunning. The both in cinematography but also uh color palette and costume design. I thought they were all wonderful. Like I said, different tribes are represented in like the uh, council meetings, for want of a better word, yeah. with the with the various tribes. And there's a wonderful video of Ryan Coogler breaks down. They've been going around, and um, what's his name, Krasinski, who did um, A Quiet Place, did it as well. They pause it, and they can talk about the various screens while drawing on a, a touchpad type thing. If you haven't seen them, I'd yeah. recommend checking them out. But he talks yeah. about the various um, backgrounds of the cultures that they represented visually, but also the music they composed uh, composed for the what are they the warrior women? I've forgotten their mm. name. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's a certain piece that he wanted, and they're saying a certain um, tribal saying, which is quite wonderfully done. And I like that sort of detail, attention to detail. So it's a really good film, and uh, I tend to give Marvel a pass because pretty much everything they do is great but they do often have a bit of a villain problem not yeah. as much as the recent season of Doctor Who but they certainly have generic <laughs> uh, generic villains but in this one the villain was almost in fact I will say it he was more sympathetic than Black Panther uh, oh yeah definitely yeah. Black Panther basically <laughs> was just I'm king everyone should treat me as king you're not treating me as king how yeah. dare you Chadwick yeah. Boseman was excellent, but his character did just come across as selfish and a bit stilted, whereas um, Michael B. Jordan's character was outstanding. Mm. Um, yeah, great film. Really good film. Number two is another animated project which took me by surprise and I adore, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. Um, it was excellent. Uh, like I said, I'm not usually an animation person. I don't really know why. I love voice acting. I love voice stuff, which is why I did so many podcasts for years. Um, and I quite 
you know, I quite like a lot of elements that go into it, but I often, I'm often left dry by animated stuff. But this was quite a unique mm. way of doing animation. It looked great. The performances were absolutely brilliant. And I liked mm. the way, because it's not part of the MCU, they could pick and choose the various uh, continuities they wanted to mention. Yeah. Plus, technically, continuity went out the window because it was a bit of a mess of all the continuities being forced together because of various parts of the plot, if that makes sense. You know, um, yeah. Miles Morales usually has his little storyline, but Peter Parker has his, but they're all thrown together in this adventure and it's a lot of fun. And uh, I mentioned my favourite line earlier, but just the line about, is he allowed to say that legally had me in stitches for days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are lots of bits of humour in here, which is just excellent. And... Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I like it. Yeah. And uh, given what I said earlier about giving Marvel a lot of credit and uh, loving all their stuff, it shouldn't come a surprise that mm-hmm. uh, number one for me is The Avengers Infinity War. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, this just works on so many levels for me. Uh, talking about continuity, it manages mm-hmm. to reference the MCU's continuity, a decade's worth of continuity among yeah. films which for me, except for one moment in Guardians of the Galaxy number one, which isn't the fault of James Gunn, I want to add. I feel like this was just tacked on because they needed to mention Thanos, but the scene where Thanos appears in that film felt mm-hmm. a little force, a little bit like, remember, this is part of the MCU, and this is what's happening, mm. this is what we're doing. But mm-hmm. other than that, the continuity among these films has been amazing, and this is... I don't want to say the culmination because Marvel... Disney's going to milk Marvel for as many films as they can make for oh. decades to come, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, it's the culmination of a very big story arc mm. um, throughout it, and it just worked brilliantly for me. There are so many characters in there, and on the whole, they got a fair bit of screen time each. It did. Yeah. Um, some of them did feel like they had a line or two to say just because they had to mention that oh, <laughs> the enemy's at the gate. You know, yeah. they had to say something yeah. like that. Um, but hey, what are you going to do? I could never... D- I'm not a writer, for starters, but I could never dream of managing to write something of this scale and have it still make sense, mm. have yeah. poignant um, character moments and certain sacrifices, which came out of the blue, I'll be honest. Um, mm. I'm going to put spoilers out there, but I bet the world's seen this. But you know, Oh, yeah. yeah. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But when Gamora died, that was, mm. that was huge. Um, yeah, it was. I love it. Uh, I'm very biased towards Marvel. I'm very biased towards the team-up films. I know a lot of people... (sighs) There is a tricky balance because Age of Ultron in particular, I feel like Mm. Thor, who's a very powerful character, becomes a bit neutered when he's among everyone else. It's kind of like the old ninja thing. One ninja is powerful and then suddenly a whole lot of them you can defeat. I feel like Thor sometimes is undersold. Except this film Daleks. and Thor Ragnarok, which and Daleks, certainly, yes. Um, but Thor Ragnarok in this film kept Thor quite strong. Um, mm. And it helps that everyone was separated so much, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I just loved this one. I have utmost respect for the Russo brothers, especially because they went from something like Community, something, you know, quite small. <laughs> really? Like, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah they, they, well, didn't start there, but they directed quite a few Communities. In fact, really, wow. they did, I think it was like paintball a... Ones? Yes, one of the paintball ones. They did yeah. after um, The Winter Soldier came out. 
and had the Dean reenact the scene in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Shot for shot, which obviously they directed. Um, Didn't they do the one... They did the one where someone steals Annie's pencil and they're all st- stuck in the room. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yes think I think they did that one as well. Yeah. 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 So I'd, I've got <laughs> utmost respect for them for directing something like this. Um, yeah. I also want to quote... There's this, a YouTube channel that I like called Hyper Hyper RPG. Okay. And it's a group of people who basically do what we're doing here, but on video, and they're all yeah. in the same location. Um, and one of them, they've actually, they've all been visual effects artists, actually, and one of them worked on mm. uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. Um, yep. And they said that they love, they appreciate the approach that Marvel takes to CGI because there were a few shots in Infinity War where they're transporting a whole lot of people the Wakandan soldiers from the city of Wakanda to where they're kind of drawing the line to fight the enemy. And that, that looks obviously CGI, but Thanos looks incredible. And they kind of appreciate that as long as you get the idea that they're going, yeah, they pick their battles. Exactly. You get the idea that they're going from one place to another using a fake mode of transport. So it's obviously going to look fake. Whereas they make Thanos look incredible. I, I Mm. agree with that sort of thing. And I certainly agree that, whilst this was the biggest film to be made, I think, in history. Like, mm. it cost so much. It took them two years to film it. Um, Probably not as much as Solo, which they filmed twice, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, they are um, also yeah. including Endgame in this. They um, oh, filmed true. Endgame That's at the true. same time. But uh, I like that philosophy that, yeah, this thing's obviously fake, so it's okay if it looks fake, but we really want to sell... Thanos is this impressive looking thing and they certainly did. So did, yeah, they could have performance too, yeah. Yeah, I like that mindset. Oh also there was a behind the scenes picture recently with uh young Gamora and Josh Brolin who's wearing, you know, the grey pajamas that he and Mark yeah. Ruffalo wear. And he's up on this pedestal because Thanos is so tall and it just yeah. looks Kudos not just to him, but everyone around him, because he looks ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah, I bet. everyone's treating him as the most powerful creature in the universe which at the moment he <laughs> yeah. is and yeah just hats off to everyone for really yeah. selling these films which are out there and wacky but somehow still <laughs> true to their yeah. their story i really mm. really love them yeah it's amazing shouldn't work if you look at it on paper shouldn't work but. yeah and i've got one more i just realized i probably should have mentioned this in uh honorable mentions but it's just come to mind it's one that Adam wouldn't have seen, but I'm sure Sandra is familiar with. It's called The Merger. Oh, yeah. Yes. It uh, features one of the members of this very podcast. It oh. does. And it also features the mother Brick of my child. Um, oh. Yeah. And she's... it features a couple of other friends as well, yeah. Yeah, it also oh. features some people I went to university with too because it was filmed in Wagga, which is uh, where I live. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I would... I'm going to recommend it. I don't know how much it's available internationally. It's available on the Australian iTunes, so people might be able to That's true. get it from there. It's got a DVD release. You can probably get it on eBay or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically the story of a, a regional town, a fictional regional town in Australia, where the football club, which is you know one of the main activities in this town, is going bust. And uh, one of the ways to survive... Um, which is suggested by the main character is that you bring in some refugees to kind of join the football team and spice it up. Um, hmm. 
And there's also a funding issue in that their uh, football club is like the building is falling apart and you could get some funding if you have refugees help repair it. Um, so there's, there's kind of incentive there as well. But the thing with Australia is some towns are quite backwards and quite racist. So there's, it's a story of people trying to prove um, not necessarily their worth, but just show that they're humans too. And it's, it's heartfelt, it's fun, it's quite predictable, but it's done really well. It looks really great. Um, and it kind of gives you a very good sense of uh, regional Australia and our, our point of view. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, it stars the mother of my child as the <laughs> wife of the main um, Arabic character. Not the main character necessarily of the film, but he's certainly a very prominent part. Um, mm. So, yeah, I thoroughly recommend okay. The Merger. The Merger. Okay, yes. have to look out for that. As one of the characters said, a merger is where one shit team teams up with another shit team to make a slightly less shit team. <laughs> that's that the kind is of, very Australian. Yes, that's the kind of humour that's in it. And it's the most football I've ever watched, by the way. I'm not a football fan or a sports fan at all, but it's done in a very enjoyable way, and I reckon mm. others who don't sure. like sports should enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my top five then. Okay. Uh, number five... It's a film that split audiences in half. The critics love it. The audiences hate it. Uh, it's hereditary. Uh, I love this movie. Um, it's Tony Collette. She, she's a mum in, in a family, and it's basically watching a family just get torn apart. It's uh, it's pretty full on. She's been uh, typecast as a mother and everything. <laughs> yeah, but in this, I think this might be her best performance in like the past decade, probably. Ooh. She's excellent in this. Um, it's also an indie horror. Uh, now, indie horrors have kind of blown up recently with, like, The Babadook and It Comes at Night and Get Out. They all are, aside from Get Out, they're all the same. Critics love them, audiences hate them. Um, this one was a bit interesting, though, because while all of those other ones introduce supernatural elements, usually the final ten minutes are more character-driven. They're more real, Whereas this film does not do that. This film goes all out. The final half hour is just full on supernatural craziness and it's fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got some great performances. It's a debut directorial piece as well from the director, which is fantastic. Um, There's just some scenes where like you're watching one character kind of like walk around and just something slightly off is happening in the background. And like when you notice it, you're like, oh no. But if you don't notice it, then it plays out as a relatively normal film. Um, it's great. I've been thinking mm. about it a lot. The mm. story is really cool. Lots of twists and turns. It's, it's not, I guess it's scary. It's in that same category as like a quiet place in mm. that, I guess mainstream audiences would think it's the most terrifying thing ever and pass <laughs> out according to every mainstream media Facebook page. Um, uh, but it's not. It's not that frightening. It's pretty tense uh, and pretty yeah. full on, especially with Tony Collette's character. Um, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. I highly recommend that if you like indie horror. Number mm. four goes to maybe a little bit lower, but Avengers Infinity War for number four. Okay. Um, the simple <laughs> fact that this film is good uh, is <laughs> great because yeah. it probably shouldn't work with this many characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. the second last kind of 
a movie in a 20 film long series. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's also why it's number four and not number one. It's a 20 film long series <laughs> with yeah. number one. I kind of want it to be a film you can just chuck on and just have fun with, with this, you, you've got to have 20 films worth of knowledge to kind of watch it. But if you do have 20 films worth of knowledge, it's fantastic. It's one of the best Marvel films. I definitely say it's in like the top three of Marvel, maybe top five. Definitely. Uh, all the characters are great. I don't know what to add that you didn't, Reese. I guess. <laughs> no, I went on about I it a lot. I agree. Thor is the best. He's quickly become probably my favorite MCU character. Like, super quickly, he's now just one of the best ones. Um, where he kind of started off as one of the more average characters, I think, with his two films and yeah. and his very minimal input into uh, the Avengers movies. But in this, he is uh, fantastic. Um and, you know, all, all the characters that weren't really featured that much are going to be featured heavily in Endgame. So I'm very excited Apparently, for that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Number three, another very small film that didn't get a huge release, but sorry to bother you. Well, that's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, didn't catch that. But I saw it. The trailer, yeah. Yeah. So it stars uh, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, who was in Atlanta. Yes, he's one of the main characters in Atlanta, what uh, Donald right. Brothers TV yeah. show. Mm. It's him as a uh, telephone salesman. Um, yeah. I don't know how much I want to say. I guess I can... It's in the trailer. So his whole thing is that he has white voice, uh, which huh. makes people want to buy his stuff more. And uh, that kind of sets you up <laughs> for what this film is. It is absurd. It is crazy. It's also a really, really good kind of political satire as to where we are today in terms of like protests mm. and marketing certain cultures and stuff like that. It's fantastic. I've thought about it so much. I watched it a couple months ago and I still think about it. Like, mm. what did that scene mean and stuff like that? <laughs> it's got this one sequence, which is kind of a commentary on rap music, which is like one of the best two minute long scenes probably ever shot this decade. Ooh, right. I don't know. It <laughs> says so much. It says like three things in the space of like a minute and it's fantastic. I, um, yeah. That is... It's just a brilliant film. Uh, number two, my top two f films are just films you can chuck on, have a bit of fun with. Number two, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably the best Spider-Man film, I think. I <laughs> loved Homecoming, but I think this is better than Homecoming because it's very standalone and it's also features... the Avengers of Spider-Man, basically. <laughs> it is. It, it really, really is. Um... The animation style, the first of its kind, was, was fantastic. Mm. All the voice acting was fantastic. They released all the Spider-Man Christmas songs they recorded, yeah. so that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Shameik Moore plays Miles, who I've been a big fan of for a while. He was in The Get Down. Uh, he was in oh. Dope from a couple years back, which is yeah. a fantastic comedy that I highly recommend. And mm -hmm. he's great in this. Chris Pine as Spider-Man, just that <laughs> itself is fantastic. Uh, Spider-Gwen's great, great. Spider-Ham. I love Peter Porker. So good. He's finally in the, uh, he's finally in the mainstream eye. It's so good. Um, and yeah, like it was, 
developed. I don't know if they directed. I know they wrote some of it, but Lord and Miller had a yeah. big hand in this. Yeah. And just watching this just made me think, this is what I wanted Solo to be. And now we'll never see it. So that's yeah. kind of sad like that. I, I don't know. Um, I've, I actually agree with Disney's choice. If they weren't really following what was on the script, then they should just, you know. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know 100% what was happening behind the scenes, to be honest, but yeah. But yeah, I do kind of wish they kept them on board, but um, I was never that sold on the the idea of a solo, solo movie anyway, so, you know. Uh, (laughs) And then number one, Mm -hmm. the best action film of 2018, the best film in this franchise... And the fact that number six, the sixth film in a franchise, ah. can be this good is crazy. <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout oh, okay. yeah. is my film yeah. of the year. Um, I love oh. the Mission Impossible f- f- franchise. Aside from two, I think they're all fantastic. Uh, mm. But this is the best one. I don't know why. Just something about the action was really fresh for a sixth yeah. entry. I don't think any other film... Aside from maybe Fast and Furious, but number five was where they really stepped things up in that franchise. But um, just everything, like Tom Cruise is great in this. Uh, Henry Cavill, Cavill, however you Cavill. say his name. Yeah, I guess it was worth ruining Justice League to get this film. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, just, yeah, like it's tense. There's the this one sequence on like the side of a mountain that is... Uh, mm. just jaw-droppingly fantastic. It looks great. Um, it's also a direct sequel to Five as well, which was really cool to see them keep that continuity going. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've seen it so many times. I've just put it on mm. when I'm... Hmm. Tipsy. Bored. I put it <laughs> on and I'm like, this is great. Yeah, that, yep, that as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so my film of the year is Mission Impossible. So we'll move on. Over to uh, wow. over to Adam then. I'm actually just going to say something controversial first. I have not actually yeah. seen a Mission Impossible. Wow. Really, not any. None of them. No. Hmm. I know. I like... love the original series, and that somewhat yeah. mars the films. They don't really bear much relation to the original series. Yeah. Well... I should be over that by now, but I'm not quite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never really liked the original series. Like I watched a couple episodes, and I went, "It's fun, but they're all the same," which is why I kind of yeah. like. The films, they are quite they up. like the A team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of like that with the man from Uncle, though. I love the TV show so much that the film kind of made me go, "Oh, this is not what I wanted." That, that wasn't a great film, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> that as well, Impossible was quite a good film. It didn't make my top fifteen, but uh, yeah, a good film. Mm. Anyway, number five then for me, Solo, a Star Wars story, hey. a box office disaster. <laughs> No good reason that I can discern. Okay, the budget overrun helped make it bomb. You know, it had to make so much money back to cover that. Yeah. But still, and it, it's true. It's a film that nobody really asked for, and it's a film where you could write that shopping list of things that will appear in it, <laughs> like meeting Chewie, winning the the, the Millennium Falcon, mm. um, the Kessel Run, etc. And yeah. you've got half, you know, most of the story right there. But despite that, I thought it was a really fun, fresh take on Star Wars. It felt in keeping. Okay. As you said earlier, great performances. I hate the fact it did so badly because they're. Me too. Clearly, they're setting up a sequel there, which is not going to happen now. And um, yeah, it just 
got he got trapped in that this toxic fandom which is going on at the moment through yeah. no fault of his own I think but anyway number four uh, it's not a superhero film yeah. <laughs> it won't be the last uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yay <laughs> yeah I saw the trailer and I thought that looks weird it could be great it could be terrible it turned out to be great and I was very surprised it's much more of um, an origin film than the trailer made out I think the trailer implied there was there'd be more dimension hopping than there really was but that's fine mm. it's uh, mm. an interesting origin film I, I knew of the character didn't know much about Miles Morales um, and I can't help but feel they're, they're trying to set up this character as eventually going to be the next live action Spider-Man maybe oh definitely yeah it, it's time uh, we've had so many reboots of Peter Parker now maybe the next Spider-Man whenever they do that and let's face it it's going to be in the next few years isn't it um, it's got to be Miles and uh, they've done a really good job here of introducing him to the, the wider world who wouldn't otherwise have known him perhaps mm. and yeah and it's fun it's funny it the whole premise of these different Spider-Men or Spider-People I should say <laughs> shouldn't work but it does <laughs> and yeah again a lot of hearts to it but a lot of humour uh, yeah you can't want much more I don't think no again Spider-Man is going from strength to strength mm, and it's about time sure. after we all thought it starting to, yeah. to wear off what with uh, Spider-Man 3 and the Garfield ones are okay but yeah no it's really it's I really again. like um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 to be honest yeah it's okay. a bit of fun yeah. I don't mind it yeah it's okay I don't can't say I remember much about it, unfortunately, which is maybe indicative of something. Yeah, there was uh, there was Jamie Fox, and he had a gap in his teeth, and then he didn't. That's what I remember from it. Oh yeah, and he also I, turned blue the... and zappy. <laughs> That's right. Not That's the strongest right. character. Oh maybe, yes, yeah. and he made dubstep noises. You know, oh, <laughs> whenever he yeah. did zap stuff. That was funny. Yeah. 2013. <laughs> what a year. <laughs> what a year. <laughs> I was just going to say, Nicolas Cage gave a great performance in Into the Spider-Verse. He he did. (laughs) Clearly, they had him in mind when they wrote that. Mm. Yeah. What a great year, because he he did that, he did Teen Titans, and he also did Mandy, in which he screams, you ripped my t-shirt, for like a minute, and it's fantastic. (laughs) He's had a great (laughs) year. (laughs) Mandy is fantastic. Mandy is so fun, if you want the most (laughs) Nicolas Cage, (laughs) Nicolas Cage movie ever. (laughs) That's it. It's... Crazy, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so top three, number three, Incredibles two. Oh, yeah, quite. I always loved the original. Oh uh, yeah, mm. I always felt that this was the Fantastic Four done right. <laughs> so you yep. utterly failed to do on screen. Um, it was. Yeah, the first two back in the day weren't terrible, but yeah, I didn't even bother watching the third one. I found out yeah. who and what Galactus was meant to be, and when it was just a cloud floating above, above the planet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got problems, and maybe maybe Marvel will be able to put Fantastic Four back to rights at some point. Maybe, oh, but in the meantime, we have something, frankly, better, in my view. Oh, yeah. The Incredibles. Um, it didn't... 14 years, I think it was, between them. Yeah. And you couldn't tell. No. Apart from they, they recast the kid, but I didn't notice, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the boy. Um, yeah. Uh, what can you say? It's 
less James Bond elements than the first one. I think the first one really was channeling some early James Bond, oddly. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah. This one is, is much more straight-up superhero antics. Uh, but some great stuff with putting... Um, what's her name? The, uh, the mother, the wife, oh, as the uh, lead character. Elastigirl, yeah. Elastigirl, yeah, yeah. I, I loved all that stuff. Sorry. Yeah. And it makes sense. She's clearly yeah. going to be more interesting and playing into the destructive nature of superheroes normally. And mm. she's a bit destructive, but generally got more of a level head than uh, her husband. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and of course, any film with Jack, Jack is going to be great. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. God, yes. So good. <laughs> and Samuel so good. L. Jackson. He's just so good. <laughs> Mm. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Brad Bird's much. voice as well. So good. Oh yes, Brad Bird is. Um, um, oh yeah, uh, what's her name? Edna. Edna, yeah. Yeah, Edna. I had right. mode in my name <laughs> in my head. I couldn't remember her first name, but like yeah. I said earlier, this it genuinely does feel like the second half of the first movie. You could it just does, take yeah. you could take the end and beginning credits off and just watch an extended movie, which mm, yeah. I feel like the transition from the James Bond-esque tone to the superhero tone would just go unnoticed, basically. Probably, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, then my number two, uh, second favourite film of the year, Ooh. Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> what more can I say about it? <laughs> I said It's all much, been leading to this, isn't it? <laughs> In a way, it feels a bit weird to talk about it as a, a single entity, not so much because it's a combination of 20 or films, but it, because it's part one of a yeah, quite exactly. tightly coupled yeah. duo yeah. of films. Mm. So who knows, the, the second one, Endgame, might come along and completely ruin the first one. <laughs> well, on that <laughs> note, I doubt it. actually, on that note, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Endgame, Adam? No, I haven't. Okay, I won't go into details, except to say it focuses only on those who are left alive, although I'm, it's safe to say probably none of them are dead. Anyone who disappeared after the click of the finger, I think they're yeah. bound to come back. But they only yeah. it mm. only focuses on those left behind. So I thought that was quite well done. That's clever. Yeah, yeah. It's the original team as well, I think, um, with much? Nebula and uh, Shuri. I think is left as well. I think so. I think yeah. Rocket. Aside from that, it's the original cast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah, and any any film with uh, with Nebula. We'll give her, we'll <laughs> good. Uh, and it's good to see her character get a, a fair bit of stuff to do. Mm. Although I don't imagine she'll end up solving the entire problem, as she kind of did in the comics, I think. But we, we shall see where that goes. But yeah, by rights, this should be a complete mess. So many characters yeah. all have to be brought together. That in itself is a major logistical problem. How do you bring all these characters together? But mm. they just managed it. So effortlessly, just incredible. At the moment, my number two. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It may respectively go up or down, <laughs> but it's been on. Mm, yeah. Uh, my top film of the year is one which surprises me incredibly. Um, oh. I just rewatched it last night, actually. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. The, the I Queen see you check into that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, I have been seeing it a number of times now, and yeah. I'm not really into music. I've never really been into music. I've never been a queen, queen fan or anything like that, but something about this film—it just um, really strikes a chord with me. Um, okay, it's just—it's—it's it's funny, it's fun. Um, 
okay, after a while you, you get to like their music because you hear it so often and uh, <laughs> yeah, laugh and tears and the performances are incredible. Um, these people not only look like them, they've been cast to look like them, yeah. but uh, they actually do embody them, which is surprising. To get an actor which can both look and act like a person is rare, mm. to get so many that can do it in one film is startling. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's a story which I didn't really know. Okay, there have been some considerable liberties taken with the actual real history. Especially given that... It's a two-hour film rather than a 20-year Yeah, and especially given some members of the band are actually involved in its production. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, obviously Brian May and Roger Taylor are involved to an extent, so... Although the Roger character, as portrayed, does come off as a bit of a dick. (laughs) Well, not a womanizer... uh, He's fast to anger and, uh, yeah. So he doesn't mm. come out of it particularly great, but, okay. yeah. No, mm. I, I just uh, really like it. I can't really explain why either, but it is definitely, for me, my number one film. I am yet to see it, but I'd very much love to because uh, I'm a huge Queen fan and I quite like music, especially oh. their music. But I'm yeah. blown away by uh, Remy Malik. Uh, he's an amazing yeah. actor. Mm. But also I saw a side by side um recording of oh, yeah. their live aid oh, live aid yeah the live aid performance yeah. and then the scenes yeah. in the movie where they reenact that and it's shot for shot basically it's amazing the attention to detail it is yeah mm. all of them uh, they've learnt to do the exact same actions that the real people did on the day yeah the queen did and yeah that that's how the film ends on that big mm-hmm. uh, set there and it's a really great ending yeah, and you can really—it feels like you're at a. Oh, uh, that's right. Concert. Yeah, because he told them that he had AIDS. I think after that, in real life. In real life, yeah. He, he and then in the film, he tells it before them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there are some liberties with the timeline, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, they oh, want to good. end it on Live Aid, and to have him not discover he had AIDS in the film would probably have been wrong. So yeah, you yeah. can forgive such things. The people from Queen signed off on it then, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes me sad that uh, I wasn't really a fan back in the day when I could have been. Uh, uh, I was around in the 70s and 80s. I, I could have been a fan when they were around and all together mm. and touring. But yeah. There we go. This is the next best thing. Mm. <laughs> Let me with David Bowie. I really got into his music after yeah. he passed. Same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so that is our top list. What is yours? Uh, if you want to shoot three what your favourite films of the year are, de- definitely do. Feedback.nerdout at gmail.com is our email address, or just message us on uh, Facebook or Instagram, all that stuff. We're there. Uh, all the links to those are in the description. Also, a quick plug, I've got a new podcast starting on Friday, Oldie But A Goodie with my friend Zach. Tune in if you want. We're spending the entire year watching films from 1994, in the week they came out in uh, because every film that we review turns 25 when we review it so congratulations to whatever we are reviewing it's a big old mixed bag Um, a link to that will be in the description as well until then though thanks for listening and make sure until you hear our top TV list which is coming out pretty soon make sure that you nerd out (laughs) 